Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the INFJ Whisperer podcast, where I dissect all things INFJ. You are not alone anymore. There are others like you. so excited today to welcome uh, a non-INFJ to the channel and yes blasphemy right like um, but really truly I'm really excited about this because Maria has a lot of great things to share with us on depth typology now I've never heard of this before but obviously I'm not an expert that I've heard of everything related to INFJs or to typology in general so uh, Maria is a friend of a friend so she's a friend of an INFJ of mine Dominic who, who has been on the show before and he recommended highly, highly recommended Maria to me and said, you really have to talk to her. She knows a lot. She really taught me a lot. He was like, I, I know a lot and, I, and she taught me a lot. Uh, and so you, I know she'll teach you a lot as well. And I was like, okay, cool. I really want to meet this person now because I trust Dominic's judgment, but also I'm really excited to learn new things about myself. Um, so thank you so much for coming on here, Maria. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Expectations to meet now, but <laughs> now I'm really excited to be on the channel. And uh, yeah, we've spoken a little bit before, and I'm so excited to have a conversation, an informed conversation with you about everything that makes up an INFJ. And uh, really excited to share my, uh, you know, humble knowledge with such a big audience that you have. So yes, there we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. So I just want to give a little spiel before we we get into that depth typology. So. Um, Maria actually created a brilliant infographic. We're not going to show it now. Maybe we'll show it a little bit later. But she really yeah. spent a lot of time and effort on this and creating it and like really understanding it. So I really want you all to pay attention, really perk up your ears and really pay attention because this is something that's going a little bit deeper than MBTI. And you, at first you might be like, oh no, you know, MBTI is enough for me. No, this is really important. So really pay attention and listen up. So let's get right into it. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much. Right. So... Uh, yeah, let's get right into it because we have a little bit of time. Mm. Ultimately, what depth typology talks about is the fact that uh, there are four sides of each person's mind. So what MBTI normally talks about is just the ego side of the mind, what they call ego side of the mind. And ego is the ultimate four function stack that, you know, um, every person knows about. So there are four functions that MBTI claims are 
the only functions available to you within your cognition and mm -hmm. this is sort of the limit that you have to you know it ends with an inferior function and this is where your ultimate weakness lies and you have to develop it blah 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 um which is i think very you know disadvantages to every mbti type because it makes it draws this line between the types that makes them believe okay so i'm this box mm -hmm. and then everyone else is different and then everyone else sort of has you know information that i can't ever comprehend because it's not available to me with this within my cognition mm. um which i don't think which obviously that's the apology talks about the fact that it's not correct and there is so much more um to each specific type um i do think it will be beneficial to bring up the infographic for yeah. a second if mm -hmm. we need to not be speaking. um very much um you know just in the air um let me just quickly, quickly show. So we want to pay attention to just the top part of this infographic. Maybe it's even easier if I'm just going to zoom in like this. Um, this is what it visually represents. Like you see ego is just one fourth of the total cognition that a person has access to. And uh, the other parts of the mind are subconscious, unconscious and superego, which are just the names. I'm going to probably go into uh, you know, much more depth of in, within each of those, explaining what they're responsible for and um, by developing them, what will you bring into your own cognition? But ultimately, this is just a visual representation. You see, ego is this is the lighter part of it because this is something we're very much conscious of. This is the part of the mind we're, you know, predominantly, um, you know, in, and we feel it all the time. And if we're healthy NFJ and there is no one putting us through a lot of stress, if there is no one making us, you know worried and uh, insecure then this is where a healthy nfj would normally preside in which makes sense you know this is the ego um and then the other parts of the mind they actually you know make up the largest chunk of our cognition but no one even talks about them mostly um so more and more thing here so each part of the mind has their own type based on the functions that they have which means we have literally four types within us, four unique combinations of types. So it's not like anyone else will have the same combinations of types. It's just the INFJ types, which mm -hmm. have four different types sort of running different sides of their cognition, which explains, you know, we've already talked about this, but um, I get a little bit annoyed when people tell me, oh, well, I feel like an extrovert today. I'm an INFJ, but I feel extroverted today, or mm -hmm. I really behave like a thinker today, or um there was this part of my life where i was definitely like a 90j let's say but i'm an nfj now mm -hmm. it makes me roll my eyes just because what these people are talking about is not being a different type it's being predominantly within a different part of their mind which is run by a different type and makes them express themselves not in the way of this type because obviously a subconscious estp expression wouldn't be the same as an ego ESTP expression. So mm -hmm. you would never necessarily behave like a type does, but um, it all comes together eventually. So this is like a very brief overview so that we have an idea of mm -hmm. what it all talks about. Um, so I wanna just ask you maybe if we talk about, if we run through the ego and the actual functions um, in detail and then look at maybe ego and unconscious as mm -hmm. a, sort of combination first, and then we can move on to subconscious and superego. So the theory goes that, um, and you can probably see that unconscious is in many ways an opposite 
of the ego because it follows through the same stack of functions, but they're, you know, extroverted or introverted. So they have a different charge. They have a different charge. Let's say if you have an I, an I hero, the hero of your unconscious, which is called nemesis or like an enemy, you know. Um, so a hero versus the enemy, right? So the hero of your unconscious, of your shadow, as Jung would say, is extroverted intuitions, which is the opposite charge of it. Um, and let's say this dynamic, the way it plays out is, let's say, and I hear, what, it, what does it do? Like INFJs, you know, immediately, they, they are very confident uh, what their path is. They're very confident, well, not confident of what their path is. They sort of, they think they're very confident about what their mm -hmm. path is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and what their desires are, they know what they want, they know how they want it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but a, a, a hero function is a function that, obviously, or a base function, as they call it, is something that has a lot of energy, a lot of charge. It's one of the strongest functions within the mind. It's one of that you sort of base your personality around. Uh, but at the same time, it also has this aspect of oh, being too confident almost, being you know confident regardless of what the external world is telling you. Uh, it's almost like having too much confidence in the function, which can obviously lead to failures. And this is why Nemesis exist, exists, because it can help you know, keep the hero in check. It's almost like when you, when energies want to like jump with both feet into something they've just realized is the purpose of their life. Yes. <laughs> with, with a developed, when energies is mature and developed, their nemesis in E would actually be like, oh, wait, wait a second. Let's, because NE is about, um, you know, observing patterns within the external world, mm -hmm. observing other fates, observing how other people have done it so uh when exactly when and here energy let's jump with both seasons something we know is our purpose nemesis and e is like okay wait a second so if we do that there's a high risk of failure so let's first do our research observe what other people have done um see what mistakes they have made learn from this and only and then responsibly go into something that we know is going to be good for us mm -hmm. so you know this is a typical access dynamic between an ego and unconscious um, helping a person be more mature and these axes are present throughout our mind and it's really fascinating yeah. um, but would you say would you say this is something you can relate to is is this am i not just babbling here is there something <laughs> you can you know because i'm, 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 I'm not an nfj but uh, we're very similar with that and some of the functions but uh, tell me Yes, no, absolutely, absolutely. Like, it's so funny because, like, jumping in without thinking about things is actually one of my, was one of my main traits. Uh, I called it spontaneous. My mom called it impulsive. But it was basically the same thing. I would just kind of do things without thinking about it because I got this intuitive impulse and said, hey, this is a great idea. Let's just do it. Sometimes, actually, the impulse worked out really well. Most, a lot of times it did. And fortunately, for me, at least, a lot of times it, well, I would say 10% of the time, 10, 20% of the time, it didn't. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like nowadays, obviously, when I have an impulse, I'm like, all right, let's slow down a little bit. Let's think about it for a second. Um, you know, let's yeah. do some research, like Google it, like, you know, ask some people, I actually usually talk to people about it. I talk to people that I trust and you know, get their opinion on it. And then, yeah, and then I make a decision. So yeah, definitely on target. Yeah. And uh, 
obviously ni hero is so much stronger in its mm. ability than nemesis unconscious because one thing is unconscious so if we have this eight function stack sort of you know the four dominant functions as an ego functions and then the fourth unconscious functions the their awareness the way they're um, Think of it like slots. So let's say the first slot is the hugest slot within your mind. So mm. there is a lot of deny that can fit in there, let's say, and then and it diminishes with obviously with their order. So mm -hmm. an E is still a very potent function. Nemesis is a very potent function, but it's so much weaker than than hero, for example. And let's say they say the ultimate goal is to bring them all. Um, in balance and bring make them all developed enough to contribute in the same way right but it's almost like a, a utopia it's not like um it's, it's almost like equal to an enlightenment the whole point is to balance out both sides of their mind so that they mm -hmm. benefit your they are not things hampering your progress they're the things that, that you turn through hard work and you know patience and humbleness into your allies and they make your personality so much more you know, wholesome and and powerful. That's the whole idea of this theory. Um, and through understanding the mechanics of it, and through understanding how, you know, you know what sides of your mind are actually helpful and not things you should be ashamed of or things that stop your progress. If you understand what their purpose is and how to develop them, that's that's what the purpose is, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not sure how much time I want to spend on each of those, but I find it really interesting. So uh, the dynamics of those, for example, you see, let's say extroverted feeling, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's um, a parent function is something that is also very strong. So here and parent are both very strong, but parent has much more responsibility within it. So mm -hmm. it's, 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 so it's not like hero jumping, you know, with both feet and saying like, yeah, I'm going to save the world now with this. Parent is, is as strong, but a bit more responsible. Um, and it's about caring so that's why NFJs are so sort of loyal and they're so caring about the people that they are loyal to mm -hmm. um, they're very responsible with other people's feelings and, uh, and and very caring about you know not hurting someone else's feelings yeah. um, in a good way in a good way mm -hmm. so the great thing about you know NFJs but at the same time you know this is just one side of the story but at the same time if you link it with a sort of a parent of the unconscious side which is the critic and it has many names it has names of like an old witch and a grandmother an old woman it's almost like there is a parent and then there is an older part of the soul and within this older part of the soul is this critic or the um, an old person who is both a critic but is also a source of wisdom so a critic is a source of wisdom but you see like wise and seeing the irresponsibility of the ego they're almost always criticizing and the sort of the struggle of INFJs I would say is that within this critic function they have introverted feeling which in large in a large part of it it's responsible for a sense of self-worth so or, or you know self-worth slash slash guilt and um you know a cognition that you know constantly criticizes a person's own self-worth and and their ability to to be useful to the world and bring something to the world um, is a feature of INFJs which is then sort of compensated by this loop of FE which um, you know I care about people and I try and and I, and I try and be good to people and I try and give people a very good experience um, 
but ultimately it's almost driven by the sense of I have to prove to myself that I'm a good person. I have to prove to myself, to this inner critic that I have, that I'm doing something good. And I do this by externally validating myself through others' feedback to how they feel around me, kind of. Mm. Not sure if I explain this dynamic well enough, um, but that's ultimately um, what it is. And it all ties into a scene theory, but we're gonna go back to this. I think it's useful if I get your feedback uh, on each step of this process, if mm -hmm. what I just said happens, and if you had similar experience. Um, so yeah, sort of, you know, the, first of all, the aspect of really caring about people's feelings and, and being, being this, especially when you're around people. So it's not in your mind, oh, I care about humanity. It's actually where, where you are around people and you take up the role of monitoring everyone else's responses and um, making sure everyone feels comfortable. And if they're not, you immediately, you immediately spot it. And actually another feature of INFJs, they tend to take, take everything personally, exactly because of this, almost like, oh, if there is a full room of people and, you know, everyone interacts and then I notice someone around me who suddenly disengage the board or they're sad or or they express any sort of negative feeling i immediately take it personally and i think oh it's probably because of me <laughs> because i'm i'm such a bad person or not a bad person but it's just taking up you know absorbing all those feelings around you and then having a high tendency to then feel guilty out of you know for no reason for some negative feeling that someone else has expressed around you yes um, Yes, absolutely. It's like this thing where we, we always blame ourselves, even though we had nothing to do with the situation. Like it could be like a couple that's fighting nearby, or it could be, you know, our parents fighting. And that was another huge thing for a lot of INFJs that uh, a lot of us come from childhoods where our parents fought a lot and it was all our fault. And we always tried very much to solve the situation and also obviously protect our siblings from anything like that and to make okay. sure that they're not hurt in the process. If we could take everything ourselves, as long as our, our loved ones were okay. Um, and like, I really think about it as like a mama bear who's protecting her cubs. Like she will like jump in, in, the, in the way of a car if necessary in order to protect her cubs. And that's exactly an INFJ. So I, I totally see myself in that for sure. I mean, I'm getting better at it, but even now it's very difficult for me not to take the blame for someone else's wrongdoings on myself. Like, was it my fault? That person, you know, I'm always asking myself, is it my fault that that happened? And then I always have to rely on my, you know, on my thinking self and say, no, it wasn't your fault, you know, like if that person did this, 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 and I have to convince myself of that. And sometimes I don't convince myself and I have to ask my sister who's an INTJ and like, was that my fault? And she'd be like, of course not. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. It's always, it's always great to have people around you who yes. sort of present different you know, they are strong and, and we know this, you know, it's good to, to be friends with different types because you have access to all these different functions and they mm -hmm. can help you in check and they can help exactly like you just said, tell you, no, it's not your fault because they have a much, you know, they don't doubt this, for example, they have their FI in a very strong position and they can analyze things um, very, um, you know, in a very unbiased way. Mm -hmm. But they also say that INFJs, frankly, this is something, you know, you share with ISFJs, um, or ESFJs for that reason, but I think ISFJs and INFJs mostly. Mm. Um, they say that they're the most self-sacrificing types, uh, one of the most self-sacrificing types specifically for this, uh, you know, a whole route or the whole route their minds can go through from 
noticing, you know, someone's in a worse position than they are, taking immediately the guilt for this or the responsibility for this. And then their inferior SC, which we will get to, which is responsible for how other people feel, you know, taking the responsibility to to like really make trying to make them feel better around you, but mm. not succeeding and then going into a worse loop of uh, being dependent on, on, on this and making people feel good about you that don't reciprocate and they actually don't you know don't are not grateful or not are toxic people to be around but you can get stuck in a loop of making them feel good and, and if you unless you make them feel good it, it doesn't give you the sense that you're you're not you're a good person and you're good enough mm -hmm. uh, so it can get quite toxic and hopefully none of the Anya Jays watching us are experiencing this right now but if this is something obviously you recognize within yourself this is a maybe sign a red flag to notice that this is just a weakness of your own cognition which is designed to to make you a great person um and if you can notice i mean awareness is already part solution like if you if you know this is a problem mm -hmm. this is already you know halfway to the solution i feel um it's just only if you're unaware and you're in this loop which is a horrible situation to be in um yes and i would add here maria that that's the reason why i think we are attracted by and attracted to narcissistic people is because they really are broken. Narcissistic people are, are attracted to broken people in general because that means that there's a lot to fix there. And then it's like even more of a self-sacrifice on our part because it's like, okay, I don't deserve to be around healthy people um, because you know I'm not healthy myself or whatever it might be, whatever reasons we give ourselves. And then we're around these people and we're always trying to fix them. We're always trying to give to them, always trying to give more and more and more so that sometimes we don't want to take care of ourselves and we burn out in the process. And I've seen that happen so many times to other INFJs and sometimes to myself too. That's very interesting. That's a great perspective. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think this sums up exactly what I was trying to explain all this time, but this is exactly what it comes down to. I think mm -hmm. if you look at like the, the spectrum narcissists, it clearly portrays the pattern here. Um, yeah. Okay, okay, let's let's have a look at the other functions. Um, so I think child and trickster are, you know, they're, uh, they're quite positive with NFJ. So, um, child is in general quite a joyful function. It's a bit, it's less aware, which is, you know, ignorance is bliss kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, TI is just responsible for logic, patterns, the truth, you know, the ultimate truth, the absolute truth. So, NFJs have a concept of absolute truth because, you know, some, some types who don't have TI in their, you know, primary function stack, for example, they tend to not be as attracted to and function or as a, a concept of absolute truth and they're almost like well if people believe it's true then it's true it doesn't mean there's no such thing as absolute truth mm -hmm. but um for it's quite it's, it's, it forms a big part of um often their faith or um mm -hmm. the things they do so but again it's, it's such a it's such a beautiful function because it's almost like it's where it should be i suppose it's it's where this ignorance or not ignorance i don't want to use this word but it's sort of naive naive faith mm. almost beyond, innocence uh, of a sort. exactly you know innocent faith innocent um belief in the absolute truth in um it, it's different for different people so i don't want to say like higher beings because sometimes it's not that um but or in logic even like in, in the, for some for some people it's the scientific method so mm. they in in the truth and the scientific method of uh, you know evolution and everything that happened after so 
at the same time, the trickster function is is almost my favorite function. It's 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 despised by many, um, precisely for what it is. But I think it's such a beautiful. It's almost okay. Let's look at it like a loophole within the soul that um, the way it's been made up left us a loophole. Every person has this loophole. It's just that it's manifested in a different function to sort of defy the rules, to not care about the rules, to not care about what anyone else is saying, to not care at all. So it's almost like this lighthearted, you know, be what may mm-hmm. approach. Um, and it's also very much almost, it's, it's, it's the blind spot almost of recognition. Um, so not even the demon, because demon is also very much low, but it's low, but it's, um, it doesn't care. It doesn't care that it doesn't know. But trickster almost does care, but it's a very much blind spot because it's almost like 10% of what's there you can notice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still this loophole when it's activated. Um, it can get you out of difficult situations just because you don't care about whatever this represents. So let's say TE is about status, right? Extroverted thinking is about status in, in a traditional sense, in a sense of yeah, having a certificate to put on the wall, in, in a sense of... Uh, having trophies in the sense of having expansive things so that people like you and think you're rich and cool so um it's a very brutal description but just to make a to to point you in specific direction so it's about what people think it's extroverted thinking it's about what people think uh or what people think about you but in a sense of this status things um being cool, being rich, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So a lot of the times, this is the thing that these are willingly, would willingly sacrifice and would willingly, you know, laugh in the face of other people who carry this about this function um, to make them go through the transitions that they need to go through in life. So this is the almost, this is the thing they would willingly sacrifice, I suppose, to, you know, for the purpose of their past, for the purpose of become the person who they want to become. Um, and th- again, I love this function because um, it's almost like laughing in people's faces in a sense of, uh, it doesn't really know what it's laughing about, but it's very confident. And it's a trickster is like, you know, a very mischievous kind of being within your mind. Mm-hmm. It can easily pretend one thing, but be another thing, mm-hmm. or it can trick people and something you don't feel guilty for. <laughs> Thankfully with NFJ is the one thing you don't feel guilty for. <laughs> Um, is the standards of of status, mm-hmm. I suppose. Mm-hmm. What would you say about this? That's so interesting. I never thought that uh, this would come from the unconscious. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, because minimalism uh, is a big part of a lot of INFJ's uh, strategy of living life and their and their philosophy of life. Uh, I mean, all, a lot of INFJs, like we will buy very few things, we'll buy high quality things, but we'll buy very few things. And a lot of times we, because we want to live our life according to our own standards or our the way we want to live it, a lot of times we will give up, like you said, on our on our status things. Like we won't have a car, we'll take, stat, we'll take subways around or whatever, like Metro. Or we won't, you know, have really nice clothes, but they'll work from home, so we don't even need it. Um, like we won't buy yeah. homes or anything like that, because like really it doesn't make any sense to do the, all that. So I, I, I totally see myself in it, which is really interesting because I, I always thought that it was a very conscious thing for me that I actually made this yeah. choice to live like this because I wanted to perpetuate my life and be self-actualized, and I knew that if I wanted to be self-actualized and live my life according to my own rules then I would have to give up some of the trappings of, of modern day life. You know, I would have to give up like all the things that people kind of strive for. Uh, so this yeah. is fascinating. And it's interesting how you say, well, you know, we wouldn't do this because it doesn't make sense because it's immediately where this loop of TI logic comes in. So TI mm -hmm. logic, a child logic tells you, okay, well, this doesn't make sense. So why would I do it? Yeah. And immediately, you know, but for some people it would actually make a lot of sense to do it. And it cares <laughs> That's true. a lot. Uh, but uh, <laughs> not for days apparently which is a great thing i love and i've jade you know i love i love this aspects of them as well but when you say it's coming from the unconscious i just want to clarify a few things so um as much as you know when you when you're just born and i think we'll go through four sides of mind dynamics separately like right after this but as soon as a person's born right they only have access to their you know probably hero function or like hero and child functions are the mm -hmm. first function that get in general and then as a person goes through life if nothing horrible happens if they're a normal human being who faces, you know, different challenges in life, um, very normal development, they develop the rest of the functions in their ego. And then with time, they develop the rest of them. But, um, you, you know, you still, you know, when you make a decision based on all of these functions, it's almost like hmm, your soul, your mind still consciously goes into one of those functions that just reside way, way beyond your normal um the normal tools you use day to day is still there. And that's that's what my whole point, that, you know, all of these functions are available to you in a conscious way, if you want them to, within your mind. But it takes so much energy to be able to extract them from there and and, and use them consciously. Mm -hmm. But as per, as grow, or again, in some cases, when we talk about if a person was forced into a different side of their mind, because sometimes it happens that, you know, people only discover their their type in adulthood because mm -hmm. 
or they lived with abusive parents or their parents didn't like who they were and they were forced to predominantly be or pretend to be another one of their types within their mind. And this way they sort of, you know, it's, you can argue whether that's good or bad, obviously it's bad, but then this person develops so much of their more functions. That's why they say, you know, people who experience trauma are so much more mature. Mm-hmm. Um, because they have developed all these functions and the more you develop them the more easily you can go back and forth between your conscious and unconscious mm-hmm. and when you use those functions that you do them consciously it's almost like you bring them to light that's why i use the sun here you bring them to light and you look mm-hmm. at them and you use them um, they will guide your mind from the unconscious anyway if you're not a mature person so they are still there and unless you pay attention to them unless you know they're there they're actually still going to be there and they're going to guide your mind in ways you can't predict Mm -hmm. if you don't take charge of your own mind and if you don't um if you don't know how they manifest and if you can't use them to your own benefits they will still use you to their own benefits in a way um so it's important to know they're there and then they will still be there but if you say i did it consciously that perfectly makes sense it means you just develop this function to the point that it's, it's very mature at this point and you can use it consciously that's all it means um yeah i was just right. going to add one thing maria that this is fascinating because enfps are usually uh, enfps and entps are usually the f- all of my friends and usually a lot of the infjs that usually hang out with or end up being attracted to or being friends with enfps and entps and maybe this is kind of because we see ourselves in them unconsciously and they see our, themselves in us consciously or unconsciously uh-huh. because we are, you know, underneath the surface like them very much. Do you think that would be the case? A hundred percent. This is very funny. And to be fair, this is, um, this is considered, if we're talking about compatibility, exactly, you know, wait, let me get your breath. So, um, a lot of the, when we're talking about compatibility, there are different schools of thought here, mm-hmm. but ultimately what they all talk about is, you know, opposites attract. Mm-hmm. It's just that they define this differently. That's the problem, but right. opposites attract. And in this case of INFJs, exactly like you said, um, one thing is they sort of, you know, if someone has these, these functions in their ego, that means they perfectly match like a puzzle. So they have an E for your NI then they have a fee for your FI, exactly, right? They sort of match like a puzzle. So where there's a gap of introversion, extroversion comes in. Mm. And they sort of, and when you are with them, you it's very beautiful because it's almost like you have the whole spectrum of functions available, available to both of you, um, just two people, but the whole of mind there can be mm. and, and use very consciously as well. Um, so it can be a beautiful thing. And, and exactly like you said, um, a lot of the times you see themselves, it's like the person you aspire to be within your unconscious mm. and they're the person who aspires to be like you. And it's a beautiful match and you always rotate around each other almost in that sense, teaching each other, but also comforting each other. It's, it, you know, it just works. That's, that's the way it's meant to be always. Yes. <laughs> um, and I, I'm experiencing the same thing. So I'm an ESFJ and so I have an ISFP in my unconscious and my best friend is an ISFP. Mm-hmm. And I noticed this all the time. Uh, it doesn't have to be that, of course, but you know, you can't, you can't avoid it. So that's pretty much the way it's meant to be. That's the way, the way it works. Um, but ESTPs as well, for example. So my, my partner, for example, is my subconscious type, mm-hmm. which is interesting because it's not necessarily something you're extremely comfortable with. Right. As in, 
it's still within your types of the mind, um, but it's almost more, it's, it's still, oh, it performs the same type of compatibility. So, but it's, it's focused on growth much more than mm -hmm. on just being comfortable around each other. So it's a bit challenging, but this bit of challenging makes you both grow. And it's almost like your comrades on the same side of the, you know, you have the same goal in mind, you have the same tools to, to achieve this goal. And you're almost like going through life side by side, making each other grow. And that's what ESTPs do for INFJs, for example. Mm. Um, but, okay, I'm babbling. <laughs> Tell me if it's a bit too much. Am I going in, at the right pace? I feel like yes. I've, I've got so You're absolutely on the right pace. I'm sure it's fine. INFJs think and speak very fast as well. So it should be okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> sure. Um, right. So um, let's just quickly then jump on the interior slash demon function because I mm -hmm. think demon is something very mysterious that a lot of people are very much interested in within the typology sector, like depth typology um, sphere. They are, this is the very intriguing function because it's right at the bottom of your unconscious. It's almost like the darkest part of you, of your being that mm. gets wished if, that's why it's, if it's, it's sort of in, in, in the same loop as inferior, because inferior, uh, is the function, as you know, where, you know, person's fear or insecurity lies. Mm -hmm. So an ultimate fear is something you want to be, you want, you want, you want people who don't actually show you this insecurity and are not cruel or like rude about this. And I'm not pointing this out to you in a rude way, but someone who's comforting and helps this function grow and develop. So that's what I always try to bring up. Like, you, you know, people around you, Everyone has an inferior function. Everyone has a child function. The functions that are quite vulnerable, they're quite um, very vulnerable, basically. And you don't know just from looking at the person what they type are. Hopefully, you don't, you know, just practice looking at a person trying to guess what the type are. <laughs> but <laughs> um, you know, there are eight different functions, and all these eight different functions can be child or inferior. So ultimately, you never know what this person is. And um, by being rude to them in any way. Or, or being, you know, um, yeah, I would say rude or, you know, mean or meaningfully pointing out their weaknesses, you never know if this is their inferior function. Mm -hmm. And if it is, not only will they immediately, you know, hate you and think you're a bad person because this is ultimately where the insecurity lies. And if you push it hard enough, this is when the demon gets out of the cage mm -hmm. almost. Um, so let's back, move back to NFJ. So with NFJs, SI, <laughs> um, SI is responsible for a few things, but two are most important to bring up. So loyalty and loyalty to not just people, but to um, religious or, or um, religious slash, you know, my um, beliefs in general. So. So I suppose religion is a good way to talk about it, but maybe like any spiritual frameworks kind of thing uh, to ideas ultimately. So loyalty to ideas and loyalty to people is what it talks about, but then also it talks about your own body. So how you feel within your own body, you know, being very much aware of, um, of, of your body and it changes within it. But again, since it's the demon, this is very low awareness for INFJs. Um, but the way it plays out, okay, so if someone points out to you, because SC is about, you want to make people feel good about you, you want to, if you notice someone being sad, and then um, you didn't do anything to make them sad, and then you say, then you immediately take up the guilt, like we talked about, or perhaps it's me, perhaps I, I'm the reason 
you know, they feel this way. And then if someone actually knows this about you and make and, and makes it worse and actually says, yeah, it's because of you I feel this way and I don't feel good around you and you are horrible. And obviously this is not nice to say to anyone, but INFJs, with INFJs, it could immediately almost like paralyze them if they care about this person. But then immediately, if, it's, if, if you know, there's always a limit. And then if this limit is crossed, when the demon gets unleashed, this is the INFJ door, door slam, I think is what it's called. Um, yeah. Sort of breaking up ties like that. It's, it's almost like you were my father today. You were not my father, you know, anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or um, you know what I'm talking about. It's almost like you know, loyalty is the, is the prizes most prized possession but it's almost one they're willing to burn in front of this person's eyes to make them suffer kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, it's something you it's demon is a function to cause revenge or to um, recharge to sort of like a phoenix you know it makes everything burn down so that new life can grow again mm-hmm. almost like a button on your life so you know, with it, it, it scales, right? So with this relationship with a specific person, you can say, well, okay, well, I'm cutting ties with them. I'm not loyal to them anymore. Um, moreover, this is the way I cause revenge on them. But in terms of a person's whole life, this can still work. This can still be like, if you neglect your unconscious, if you neglect your subconscious, if you don't put time and effort into developing yourself as a person, this is when the quarter life crisis comes in, the midlife crisis comes in, the three quarter life crisis comes in. All they do, your psyche saying, okay, enough. And it sort of presses this reset button. And it's when people like leave all their jobs and go, you know, traveling and explore in different countries. And they leave their like family with kids and they just immediately cut ties and, and go somewhere else, escape to a different country mm-hmm. kind of thing. So again, like it scales from a very healthy and innocent types of things with relationships to people to immediately your own life and cutting ties um that's one aspect another one is being Mm self-destructive let's just put it because like i said another thing that si is responsible for is your own body and the way it feels the health the being comfortable within your own body Mm -hmm. and um an introverted demon you see you, you have let's say the privilege to have an introverted demon because if it's extroverted like mine for example it's all about causing revenge on the outer world it's about yeah. other people it's about i want to burn the world down but when it's introverted oftentimes it's it's about your yourself so it's self-destructive it's not destructing the world it's destructing yourself and this is when you know mild forms of it is when like kind of just forget to eat or you know forget to take care of themselves and really you know don't care about themselves this is a very mild version but obviously you know drug abuse or substances abuse or playing computer games until you fade is also a form of self-destruction yes. and uh, this is something that can be caused if there is a person in your life or a situation in your life that pushes your fear and pushes your insecurity to a limit where you don't want to deal with it anymore and this is when your demon comes in and that's what it does um it's yeah Yeah. any thoughts about that Um, i i I love that because i've always wondered about like our self-destructive behaviors because in general we're idealists so i would always imagine you know that we want everything to be ideal like uh, in the perfect form 
but it's very easy for it. I've noticed it in myself. I've noticed it in other INFJs. It's very easy for us to start destroying ourselves from the inside out. Not only obviously through guilt and blame, you know, self-blame, self-guilt, but uh, like, like you said, not taking care of ourselves, our physical bodies. I'm constantly, I have so many videos on my channel about, you know, constantly telling people, please, please put an alarm on your, on your, on your phone, you know, eat three times a day, drink enough water, you know, leave something next to your thing. So you're drinking water or drinking something and sleep at least eight hours, or at least seven hours. And I'm constantly talking about this because it's so, it's something that we're constantly doing to ourselves. It's so destructive, but also, I, I, I also think that we do it in subtle fashions where we self-sabotage. So we, we, you know, we love to do something. We want to do something really great with our lives, but we sabotage our actions or we, you know, you're supposed to send some document in and you don't send it in on the right time because you're like, well, you know, I'm not worth it anyways. Or we won't take care of our you know, bills properly. We'll, we'll forget to pay a really important bill and then we won't have electricity or water for like a few days. And these are things that people have told me, like I have messaged me and telling me all these things. So it's like, of course, it makes me really angry, and but also it's something that's like so comes so easily to us. You see, that's very interesting having a real perspective because I'm talking about all this theory, but um, whether it ever matches to the real perspective of principle. And I've obviously talked to the INFJs, and I noticed mm -hmm. like I have many friends of INFJs who. Uh, me actually, I think that's why I'm, I'm friends with a lot of INFJs in the first place because I have an SI parent. So what you have as a demon, mm -hmm. I have as a parent. So I immediately have this idea of being parental in this function and, and taking care of people who who I notice because I have very high awareness yeah. of when it plays out. I notice when this happens, mm -hmm. and um, let's even say with my you know with my boyfriend who's an INTP, he's um, Oh, when is even his SI? But I know I know that his SI is pretty low. Uh, so, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of a big dynamic in our relationship is me actually taking care of, of making sure that he's eaten. Yes, you know, you see <laughs> that. And, yes. Um, so interesting, you see, and, and that's why it's important to have to, to think about these things when you when you when you analyze your friends and when you analyze your mm -hmm. maybe family that you can't escape. <laughs> a lot of the times when you're young. Where is it RSI? Are they there to help you um, take care of yourselves, or are they actually a person who's gonna challenge you and, and put this and make this um, make this harder for you? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. So really yes, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Do, do you think it's, it's so incredible to notice these different dynamics within your own mind and know mm -hmm. that it's not just phantom thoughts and phantom ideas and it's not like you're the only one experiencing this mm -hmm. it's it's normal it's okay it's what you have to deal with and there are people who've dealt with that and you can find ways to <laughs> deal with it yourself it's, yes that's what it looks about um, that's so funny because I don't just have a tendency to believe that we're the only ones suffering in the way that we're suffering and we're the only ones dealing with this thing, and we're the only ones who are broken in the way that we're broken and it's constantly me like it's funny because like a lot of messages from INFJs that I receive are saying, oh my God, I'm not broken. I have many people like that around me and like there are other people like me and I'm not weird and I'm not, I'm not crazy. Like it's okay. And all of a sudden they feel normal and somehow accepted. It's so funny to me. And I'm also grateful when I get that message where I'm like, yes, one more now, like, like 3 million more to go kind of thing. But yeah. No, no, you were doing a great job. And, and I think it's not just, um, it's not the sign of days, obviously, it's, it's most types, but the fact that they're introverted and the fact that their functions play out, they mm. they have a tendency to not really um, be open with people about 
themselves unless they are sure that the people will understand slash the people have experienced this. So it's much more likely for some ONFJ to say, okay, well, I've experienced this to then have a full lot of ONFJ saying, oh my God, let's talk about it because I've experienced it as well. But to take this one ONFJ who will speak up first is, you know, a miracle. So. You know, yes, I'm you're actually just... right, because we also have a tendency to, uh, like you said, be very private. And like, we always like are worried about like sharing even see it doesn't have to even be a secret just our feeling if we're feeling bad on a certain day it's like no i'm not going to share with anyone i know myself i'm feeling bad that's okay oh, who else needs to know about this and so like you know no one will know we, we could have lost a father on that day and we would go out pretending like everything's okay and no one would ever know that we've been through such a traumatic event you know so it's like crazy how we do it this really like offends most types of people. I, I literally I take offense when and you see like this thing like this, especially with your friends. And if someone then finds out, okay, you lost your father on this day, but then you went out with me because we had agreed to go out together yes. and you never told me, people feel betrayed because they people actually wanna be there for you. People, whatever you're going through, people you know, people tend to like energies and it is a very likable people. <laughs> and and most let's just say that. And um you know, people want to help you. And they, some people like me, for example, see their own self, the, the way, what they bring to the table is being able to take care of people and mm. be there for and comfort people in a physical way as well as a mental way. And yes. when you deprive people of this opportunity, you're not doing yourself any favors at all. Um, besides that, you know, it's, it's also, I think it ties really beautifully in with the SE inferior. So an insecurity to make people feel bad. I was like, oh, I'm going to ruin everyone's day mm. if I mm -hmm. You know, if I say that I feel bad, I don't want yeah. to do that. And yeah. if they feel bad around me enough times, I will lose their loyalty, and I don't want to lose their loyalty. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. I, yeah, I know. We know. Maybe we know logically, but we don't know. We don't know at all. Like we, we're like, no way. Like if someone told me they were feeling bad, I'd feel so bad because we feel bad. We we want to take care of people, and you know, we take on their qualities and their emotions. So we think everyone does that. No, no one actually really does that besides us. Well, very few people do. Yeah, um, that's what life's about. <laughs> yes. No, it's like experience the joys and the pain and the grief yes. because I think a lot of them, and I know Jay's know it better than anyone else, you know, in terms of um, meaningfulness of life comes with experiencing grief as much as it does yes. in experiencing grief. And when you allow another person to like in your boat to go and sit with you and experience it you don't have to talk about it just you know to common awareness of the fact that it's happened of course it may make them feel bad it was not about feeling bad it's about them sharing in your in the feeling in your life experience you know and it's a beautiful thing of course it's it's very it's a bit super fit and i i tend to do that as well like i have mm -hmm. an fi very close to your fi parents so i i do that as well like i i want to superficial joy and balloons to everyone and everyone feels happy but then at the same time uh, the beauty of feeling comes with the deepness of it yeah. not just with superficial level of yeah everyone seems happy yeah um, that's actually really interesting maria because we have this thing as infjc we want to have deep relationships but we don't actually know how to get there because we share superficiality about ourselves because we are afraid to share deep things about ourselves so we never end up getting that deep relationship with people and then we always complain about it. But then we're not sharing ourselves in a deep fashion. We're like expecting the other person to do it first and then I'll share myself. But no, you have to go first. You have to actually put yourself out there first. And so, you know, 
If you don't, you're not going to have deep relationships and you're going to end up with all these superficial relationships that drain you and then make you angry. And that's what a lot of NFGs complain about all the time. And I'm like, well, it's your own fault, <laughs> partly. But yeah. That's very interesting. That sounds true to me. <laughs> yeah, it uh, does to me too. <laughs> well, I mean, this is great. So I was thinking let's end it here and then we'll do the next uh, section next time around. For sure, obviously, we'll talk again. But I think I should, because um, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want people to be overwhelmed either, because I know I can, you can probably go for longer and I can go for longer, but I'm sure people are like, ah. Um, so let people process all this information. Thank you so much again for cutting it down or like breaking it down into such an easy way to um, comprehend, because I think I've read about this maybe a long time ago, but I was like, my God, this is so complicated. I have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, but the way you kind of explained it, kind of really using real life examples, it's so brilliant because I can really see myself and be like, oh, this is what this actually means. Okay, cool. Um, so this That's is great. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure speaking to you. And again, it's so rewarding to have a real person react to what you're saying and, and say, challenge you if you're not right and then agree if you're right. And I think, yeah, it's been great for me as well. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad it's like a two-way thing because that's a big, important thing to INFJP. We never want to be like, I'm taking advantage of someone or someone's taking advantage of me. I want it always to be a two-way two -way exchange. Um, so anyways, so everyone, thank you so much for coming and for watching and for listening. If you have any questions, put it in the comments and Maria hopefully will uh, take a little bit of time out of her busy schedule and maybe answer your questions. If not, I will compile all your questions and then I'll ask them to Maria in the next session and then we can kind of have like a Q&A session. So please do ask your questions because I know this is a little bit of a complicated thing and I'm sure it'll take you several tries to kind of get it into your system as Maria is like, you know, uh, explaining it to us. Um, so again, thank you, Marianne. I will see you in the next video whenever we see you. And everyone, thank you so much for coming, for joining, and for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you want to put a face to the voice, you can check out my YouTube channel, Boom Shakar. Bye for now. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com